0: CHAPTER twenty two OF HOUSE, GARDEN AND FIELD by l c MIALL. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. THE CHEESE HOPPER. Last October, being interested at the time in mites, I sent to a cheesemonger for a pound of mighty cheese. In it were observed, besides the mites, a few small white worms, which were recognized as the grubs of the cheese fly. They grew steadily all the winter through and proved very useful in the laboratory, whenever we had occasion to study the structure of the headless, footless larvae, which are called maggots. The grubs are sluggish and move slowly about the cheese by wriggling and occasionally by grasping inequalities of the surface with their mouths. When they desire to change their quarters, they are able to leap several inches at a time after a fashion which was described by Swammerdam more than two centuries ago. Bending its body into a semicircle, the larva grasps the last segment with a pair of strong hooks, which can be protruded from the mouth. All the muscles are strained in the effort to straighten the body, but the hooks keep their hold until the muscles are contracted to their uttermost. The circle narrows to an oval, and the oval closes up till its sides meet. Then the hooks relax. The larva suddenly reverses its curvature and presses the ground with such force as to jerk the body into the air several inches. If possible, the body is arched into a vertical plane, the head and tail being turned downwards, but on a smooth, flat surface, the circle is horizontal. The mechanics of the cheese hopper's leap still await complete elucidation. A very similar, if not identical, fly devours the fat of salt hams and is sometimes very destructive. In April, the grubs sought to leave the moist cheese and to find dry hiding places. It was surprising to see how they were able to flatten their bodies in their efforts to squeeze through narrow chinks. When they had gained suitable retreats, they ceased to move, and the skin, lately so flexible, turned hard, changed from white to red, and glistened like burnished copper. The shape of the body underwent a change, becoming more regularly cylindrical though the narrowed head end and the thicker tuberculate hinder end could still be distinguished. The cheese hopper was thus transformed into a hard, shining, motionless, seed-like pupa. Within the larval skin, which was not cast, but retained as an outer wall of defense, a new skin, the pupil skin, formed, and within this were developed the new organs of the fly, infinitely more complex than those which suffice for the unadventurous larva. In May, the flies began to emerge. At the head end, the segments split open horizontally, and a singular object protruded, which was recognized as the head of the fly. From the forehead projected a great bladder, which fluctuated as the pressure within rose and sank. It is by means of this bladder that the fly forces open its prison walls. Next, the legs and wings were extricated, which adhered not to the hard outer case, but to the flexible pupil skin within. When it first becomes free, the fly is soft, pale-colored, and unable to use its wings, which look like crumpled white appendages of the thorax. They are slowly extended until they project considerably beyond the end of the abdomen, assuming gradually the gauzy texture and the iridescent colors of nearly all transparent insect wings. Meanwhile, the brownish-gray of the body changes to a shining metallic black. The fully formed fly is only 5 millimeters, one-fifth of an inch long, much smaller than a housefly. It was not long before the fertile females were seen exploring the surface of the cheese for crevices in which to lay their eggs, and a new generation of the cheese hoppers will soon appear. Here is an excellent subject for home study. The cheese hopper is an animal of complex structure and singular mode of life, which can be obtained with very little trouble and in large quantities. I hope that some of my readers may think of investigating it for themselves. A convenient receptacle is a box a foot deep, in which a bowl can be set to hold the cheese. The bowl should be covered with a glass plate, and the cheese must not be allowed to get dry. It has little tendency to dry up if the larvae are numerous. A larder, where the smell of cheese will give no offense, will do to hold the box. I kept mine in a private laboratory, and suffered no annoyance. End of chapter 22